Everyone on the earth is familiar with the term the Battle of Armageddon. But surprisingly, very few actually know what this implies. This literally is the last great war of human history. The world will be forever changed into something the human mind cannot fully comprehend or describe. Jesus chose this precise moment in time to swiftly execute judgment and rescue mankind from the prisons of eternity without him. Join us now as we break down the stages of this last great war involving all of hell unleashed, the armies and angelic hosts of heaven, along with the final glimpse of humanity as we know it today. I am Mark Russick, and you are listening to The Russick Outlook. As always, just my opinion. Good afternoon, everyone. Hi, this is Mark Russick. You're listening to The Russick Outlook. Welcome aboard. Today, we're going to be winding down um, an overarching theme, what I've called the certainty of the second coming of Jesus. In these past few broadcasts, we've been concentrating on the book of Revelation. Most people are aware that this is the last book of the Bible, and we're getting near the very end. And this is what I am calling the last great war. This is where Jesus ultimately deals with Satan and his cohorts, um, and, and he returns for his people. Uh, this, this is really the, the last war that we know it or we understand that everything changes from this point on. This is the end of the seven-year tribulation. We've discussed so much of this. We've broken this down. Uh, if you're joining for the first time, the reason I'm breaking this down category by category, uh, we, we've talked about the tribulation, the three and a half years plus the three and a half years, what happens, the judgments, who the people are. I'm broken, I've broken this down into these sections because it is my hope that for those who have questions about the book of Revelation or maybe there's some misconceptions or they just don't get it, uh, my, my hope is that by presenting it this way, this gives you an appetite to basically dig in more to it, that there's so much more than what we will present here, but this to give you a high-level understanding of the book of Revelation, what will happen at the culmination of world history. So uh, what I'd like to do is read the scripture that's on the screen here. If you're following us on video, this is Revelation 16, 16, and it says, Then they gathered the kings together to the place that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. So this is what we're going to be breaking down. If you like subjects like this, please hit the subscribe button or the like button uh, wherever you are on social media. It helps us get the information out. We're on many of the social media platforms. Uh, We have our own YouTube channel. And please, if you could, jump over to the website. We can direct you to different podcast platforms if you like. But also, if you could sign up on our email list, we notify you when new broadcasts come out, new subjects, new categories. That's all we do with it. Uh, so on that note, what I'd like to do is kind of jump right into it, where we're going to break down what exactly is the Battle of Armageddon, what happens, why, and what is the next step afterwards. So Armageddon is about the return of Jesus, ultimately. This is the culmination or the completion of a seven-year period where God has unleashed his wrath and his fury, but it's also a a, a, a moment or a, a a, a sliver of time where God is calling, pouring out his mercy at the end because his desire is to bring all people to the knowledge and to its relationship with him. So 
as bad as this is, this is also a moment or moments in history where people will come to the Lord because they will recognize that this is exactly what the Word of God says, and there'll be a variety of, of methods uh, that the Lord uses. We've covered so much of this, uh, how he really pours out uh, his mercy upon the earth, hoping that more and more people would come into the kingdom and the family of God. So this will be the final world war, as, as, as I discussed. It is the closing days of mankind's history as we understand it. And the reason I say as we understand it is there will be more to come afterwards for another thousand years, but the difference will be the earth will get a complete makeover and Jesus Christ will reign here on the earth with us. Uh, so, But for this particular uh, subject, the kings of the world will gather for the great day of God the Almighty in a place that's known as Armageddon in Hebrew, uh, or we translate it to Armageddon in modern-day English. Uh, this will cultivate, cultivate, culminate, I'm sorry, cultivate, culminate in concert with the return of heaven's king. Great armies from the east and the, and the west will assemble on this plain, uh, and, and I'm going to break down the, the geographical area that, that it encompasses, not just this one valley that people think, uh, but there's a little bit more territory that's, that's covered here as well. Um, at this time, there, there is this great coalition of nations that are forming, but also there are, there are, there, there's rumblings in the camp. There are people who are not on board with the Antichrist, not on board uh, with the plans of the enemy, and, and and a lot of it has to do with what has transpired in the earth for these past seven years. They'll realize that the hand of God is not, or that Satan, I should say, is not God, and that the hand of God is about to eliminate him. Um, so at this time, there will be the, these threats of power that I talked about, and there will be moves from the south, uh, moves from the different armies as Satan moves towards Jerusalem. As he and his armies approach the capital, Jesus will intervene to rescue his people, Israel, because ultimately the game plan here for, for, the, for Satan is to destroy the nation of Israel, to destroy what he calls the Jewish problem. Uh, but the Lord will intervene. He will destroy the armies. He will capture the Antichrist and the false prophet and cast them into the, to the lake of fire. The reality is, as, as great as this battle is, it's going to end so quickly and so decisively. Um, and, and part of it is that it, it begins really with the annihilation of Babylon just prior to the start of this. And, and then you will see the execution of, of, of the Lord's game plan and to eliminate uh, his enemies. Jesus chose this exact moment in time to precipitate the worldwide military conflict that comes against his people, Israel. Uh, in case some people thought this is just in the book of Revelation, there's plenty, plenty, plenty to say about this in many Old Testament scriptures. I just wanted to highlight two of them, uh, if you could, and then I'm going to break down some of the when, what, and whys. Uh, but the prophet Joel in 3.12 says, Let the heathen be weakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there I will sit to judge all the nations on every side. So that's going to be another area, uh, another geographical area that the, that the Lord, that this battle, this final battle encompasses and that the Lord will return to. Zechariah 14.1-4 through 4, Behold, behold, the day of the Lord is coming, and your spoil will be divided in your midst, 
for I will gather all the nations to battle against Jerusalem. The city shall be taken. That's important. So for a brief moment in time, Jerusalem will be captured. The houses rifled and the women ravished. Half of the city shall go into captivity, but the remnant of the people shall not be cut off from the city. So, you know, just picture this is all out turmoil. This is Satan and his armies. And when it says that the uh, the city shall be taken, the houses rifled, the women ravished, that, that's rape and murder and, and, and every kind of heinous, ugly activity that you can imagine. Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. And in that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives will be split in two from east and west, making a very large valley. So if you've ever been to Jerusalem, you know that as that's where the Lord ascended into heaven, and that's where he will be coming back. And when he touches down, then there will be a great earthquake that will, will, that will separate and basically divide up the lands for what will be uh, the millennial kingdom. So let's get into some of the real quick, uh, quick answers to some general questions. When will this happen? This happens at the end of, of, of the tribulation, end of that seventh year period, right after the seventh bowl. So we've talked about the different judgments of God. We've covered that two, two broadcasts back. And the last three and a half years covers the seven bowls of judgment. And right after that is when this happens. Why does this happen? To judge and to deal with Satan. Satan will be judged finally. He's been allowed this time of history. And he and what I'm calling his evil actors, and that's... Uh, <laughs> That's putting it very mildly. That's probably not the right word, but you can reference this in Revelation 19, 1 through 2. Who will be present in the battle of Armageddon? Certainly Satan, the Antichrist, the false prophet, the army of nations who are coming against the Lord, and who else? Jesus will be here with his church. And and if you are part of the family of God, that means you're returning with Jesus in the clouds, and you're coming down. You're going to be engaged in this in this battle right here. Uh, so this, this includes all of us. We're, we're, we're part of this. Uh, where will this happen? Harmageddon, which is the, the, the Jewish word, and, you know, Armageddon. Basra and the Valley of Jehoshaphat, we, we, just, we just read that as well. This is otherwise known as um, uh, the Kidron Valley for, the, for those who, who know Jerusalem today. Uh, so this really covers a very wide geographical area. It's about 180 to 200 miles north and south of Jerusalem, and it's 100 miles east and west. So it's a very, very broad area that it covers. What will take place in this battle? Jerusalem will be temporarily captured, just as, as we read in Zechariah. Then Jesus and his saints will trample the enemy. You can reference this in Revelation 19.15. Jesus will summon the birds because after this happens, he's, when I say he's summoning the birds, the birds will basically eat the spoils of war. They'll be picking on, on the flesh and, 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 the, and the remnants or what's that, whatever's left over. I mean, that's how it's going to be nasty, but you know, that's, that's, what, that's what Scripture reveals. And the Antichrist and the false prophet will be thrown into the lake of fire. That's covered in Revelation 19, 19 and 20. So that's all the, you know, the, the, the quick answers to some of the immediate questions that some people may have. Um, and uh, so, you know, on, on that note, I just wanted to, you know, 
give you the kind of the snapshot, if you will. So hopefully that gives you an idea of, of what is going to take place, where and how and why. So I wanted to bring up something, what I find interesting. So I'm going to shift gears just for a second into some things that I'm observing geopolitically on the geopolitical landscape today. And if you're following me on video, I, I'm, I'm kind of pointing to the, the nation of China and, and the, possibly the, some of the surrounding nations of that area, otherwise known in the Bible as the kings of the East. Um, there's some interesting developments that line up exactly with Scripture, and I just wanted to point them out. So the sixth angel blew his horn. I heard a voice coming from the four corners of the altar of gold that is, that is before God. And the voice said to the sixth angel who had the horn, let the four angels loose that have been chained at the big river Euphrates. So I'm going to show you in the next slide where uh, China would need, needs to geographically cross over the Euphrates River. And you'll see in Revelation where the Lord causes this river to dry up in order, and in order to accommodate this, what, what will be this 200 million man army. Um, I give you a, a quote from the New York Times in 2009, Iraq suffers as the Euphrates dwindles. So, and, and you'll see a little bit more about that when I bring you up to some, some developments in 2021. I wanted to continue going with Revelation. They have been kept ready for that hour and day and month and year. They were let loose so they could kill one third of the part of all men that were living. The army had 200 million soldiers on horses. I heard them say how many there were. So this is, not only is this astounding, you know, considering when, it's, when it was written, that you didn't have e even 200 million people on the earth at the time. Uh, remember, this is written a couple thousand years ago by the Apostle John. Uh, so he's saying that he sees an army, and this and the number was given to him, 200 million soldiers. So that even exceeds by far the population that he knew. And interestingly enough, in 1965, I'm giving you a reference from Time Magazine, and the People's Republic of China had announced this several years earlier. It says that China announced they have a start, standing army and a militia of 200 million so China acknowledges, you know, you can go back 50 years, that their army consists of, uh, of at least 200 million men, uh, or possibly men and women, uh, but 200 million strong uh, of, of what they are prepared to engage in battle. And then it continues to say, this is the Apostle John, this is, he's revealing what, what Jesus has revealed to him in this vision. I'm in Revelation 9, 13 through 17. I saw as God wanted to show me the horses and the men on them. The men had pieces of iron over their chest. These were red like fire and blue like the sky and yellow like sulfur. So I wanted to pause here. If you're on video, I'm showing you uh, the Chinese military and, and their uniforms in blue and red and yellow. And the Chinese flag, as many know, is red and, and yellow. And he's saying that he sees this red like fire and this is a pretty bright red that's on the, on the Chinese flag. And, and yellow like sulfur, it's a, it's a bold yellow. So I would contend that this, this fits the bill as far as what John is describing because it has a 200 million man army and, and the colors meet exactly what we see and what we know today. This has nothing to do with the people of China. This is about um, a, a communist Chinese government 
that is anti-God, that is all about man. They, they, you know, it's, it's communism. It puts God down. So the, what I'm trying to point out here is this fits the bill to what is being described. Uh, and then, you know, breaking this down a little bit more about who was there, some of the specifics, Revelation 16, 13 through 16. Then I saw three impure spirits that looked like frogs. They came out of the mouth of the dragon. So for those of you who, who know, dragon is Satan. Out of the mouth of the beast, the beast is the Antichrist, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, then, you know, the, the false religion, the leader of the false religion. So those are the three main characters of, of hell. Uh, and we talked about that, how that's to, to mimic the Trinity, which is what Satan does. He mimics what God does. Dragon being equivalent in his eyes to the Father, the beast being equivalent in his eyes to Jesus, the Son, false prophet to the Holy Spirit. Uh, it goes on to say, they are demonic spirits that perform signs and go out to the kings of the whole world to gather them for the battle on the great day of God Almighty. So Satan is there, his armies are there, he's got, you know, he's, he's pouring everything out and and. He, they're, they're, they're not only there, but then there's demons. There's more and more demons that are coming out of them. So you have the fury of God. You have the fury of Satan. You have the fury of man, the evil of man. Everything is, is coming together all in one place. And then it says, look, I come like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and remains clothed so as not to go naked and be shamefully exposed. They, then they gathered the kings together in that place in Hebrew that is called Armageddon. So I'd also like to point out that China uh, and the kings of the East, this goes back into history. It was, you can see China. It, it's the uh, biblical name Sinem. You can reference that in Isaiah 49, 12. But this similar scenario happened in Genesis 14, where the kings of the East came for Lot and, and, and his group of people, and they had to cross the Euphrates just as they have to do today. So here you saw something happening similar in Genesis where the kings of the east, the armies of the east, crossed the Euphrates River, and they attacked Lot in, in what would be you know modern, what we would know as Israel. Um, so you, you have this kind of happening again. So I wanted to just pause and... And, and really point out that things that we see today line up and fit the bill. The last point I wanted to bring in for today is some things that happened in March. I, I sit here speaking to you uh, in May of 2021. At the end of March, uh, China and Iran, uh, which most people know, you know, dire enemy of, of, of the Jewish people, of the Israelis, uh, otherwise known in scripture as Persia, they signed a strategic partnership for 25 years uh, where the Chinese would come in and help with infrastructure for roads, ports for oil and whatnot. Um, and they would come in and they, they are giving $400 billion over the course of 25 years. And this is important for a number of reasons. Um, if, if you're aware of what's happening over the past 10 years, uh, you know, where we, we've had Iran involved in these nuclear agreements, and then President Trump came into the United States, made the agreement null and void. It was basically, uh, you know, it was a bribery deal for, for money, and, you know, it's the, it's the sworn enemies of Israel. Um, so he had kind of put the squeeze on them, and then President Biden came in in January of 2021, and he's about or is working towards restoring this partnership. 
Um, but what happened in the meantime, just in the early stages of the Biden presidency, Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi steps in and he strikes a deal with Iran. And the reason this is important is it gives them the dominance or the the geographical um, spreading out and, and spreading their wings and, and spreading their territories into the, into the Middle East. And, you know, that's Iran being right next to China. So I'm showing you a map on the left and that yellow arrow crosses a little red squiggly line, which is the approximate location of the Euphrates River. And the other thing I wanted to point out is that you have a picture there of the Euphrates and it's drying up now. There's parts of the Euphrates that is drying up. I'm going to get into in a second why some of this is happening. Um, but scripture reveals that this will be dried up supernaturally. But you, you're seeing the signs of that happening today. So here you've got the sworn enemy, uh, the Persians, making an allegiance or an alliance and a partnership, a strategic partnership, I would say, with China. And China is also, you know, they visited Turkey, they visited Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates during this tour, if you will, in March. So they are developing these relationships. And I would contend part of the reason is they see this vacuum of, of leadership in the United States. If, if you know, it, you can just look around and what's happening with the Biden administration. They're all about getting out of the Middle East. They're in many of the eyes of some of these nations that oppose Israel. Uh, they're running tail and they're tucking their tail and they're and they're getting out, whether it's from Afghanistan and Iraq and, and parts of Syria and, and, and whatnot. Um, it's it's the new it's the policy. It's basically the Obama policy being handed off to the uh, Biden administration. So those are things that you see developing today that I can see has a direct influence on in what would happen uh, over the long run. Um, China is 60% dependent upon the Middle East. I should have said this earlier. The reason for this deal is uh, Iran will supply the oil to China because of the sanctions. Iran has been cut off from supplying a lot of their oil reserves to, to you know, their regular customers or, you know, other nations. And China needs that oil. So they've, they've it's kind of developed a win-win relationship. So the other thing I wanted to point out about the Euphrates is the the water supply is contingent upon what Turkey does. And Turkey had reached an agreement because uh, this comes in, in conjunction with Syria. And they are to basically output 500 cubic meters per second of water. And they, they're kind of putting the squeeze on this um, for a variety of, of reasons. And they're all political and for power for Turkey's sake. Um, but they've cut it down to 200 meters per second. So what's happening is many areas of the Euphrates River is drying up. This impacts not only the land, it impacts, there's so much farmland that was produced in that area. It was a fertile region. Um, you know, so a lot of the food supply has been drained, the drinking water, this supplies the power for the electrical company uh, or the electrical supply companies in that area. So this has a tremendous, tremendous impact. It's weakening um, that part of the world. And it's, I guess, Turkey, you know, looks at that as, as a decision that they need to build things up. But so that just kind of gives you a little bit of a backdrop as to what can be, you know, in store as, as we look towards what's going to happen in the Battle of Armageddon. So I wanted to break this down to eight stages uh, of, of what will happen. 
Um, and if you're following me again on video, I've got this on a map for you. I'm just going to break this down and give you the scriptures that support it. The first thing is the assembly of the allies of the Antichrist. So uh, this can be referenced in Psalm 2, Joel 3, and Revelation 16. The second thing will happen is the destruction of Babylon. We talked about that in the last uh, broadcast, and it's going to happen so quickly and so swiftly. You can see that in Isaiah 13 and 14, Jeremiah 50, 51, Isaiah 5, and Revelation uh, 17 and 18. The next thing that will happen is the fall of Jerusalem. We covered that in the beginning. In addition to Zechariah, you can also find that in Micah chapter 4. Then the armies of the Antichrist at Basra. You can see that in Jeremiah 49 and Micah uh, 2. And again, I'm giving you on the map uh, by the uh, area of the Jordan, where you, uh, what is known today as Petra, uh, and, and that's the other area uh, from which the farthest south that this battle will entail. Uh, the national regeneration of Israel will take place. We can see this in Psalm 79, 80, Isaiah 64, Hosea 6, Joel 2, Zechariah 12, uh, and 13, as well as in the New Testament and in Romans 11, 25 through 27. Uh, the second coming of Jesus. And we talked about, you know, I gave you the scripture where he comes down to the Mount of Olives. This can be found in Isaiah 34 and 63, Micah 2, Habakkuk chapter 3. Then you have the battle from Basra to the Valley of Jehoshaphat, uh, Jeremiah 49, Joel 3, Zechariah 14. And finally, the victory ascent upon the Mount of Olives, Joel 3, Zechariah 14, Matthew 24, Revelation 16, and Revelation 19. So I show you all of this on the map. I've given you all the very particular scriptures that support all this. This is a sequential order of what will happen. And again, this will happen very quickly, very swiftly, and very decisively. So when Jesus comes, I, I, I just kind of want to give you an idea of, of the breakdown of things that will happen. Um, what's otherwise known as his glorious appearing. So I'm going to read from you what it says in Matthew 24, 30 through 31. Uh, then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. And this is Jesus speaking. And then all of the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. And I should have prefaced it by saying that this is the apostles were asking what it will be like, what, you know, what, what are the signs that they're to look for? So, you know, and, and Jesus is showing you, you know, the, one of the final signs of what you'll see with his appearing. So this happens after the tribulation. There will be cosmic phenomena that will occur in the sun, the moon, and the stars. Matthew, again, uh, chapter 24, uh, the sign of the Son of Man in heaven will be seen by everyone as well as with Christ and his elect, which means us, the church. So everyone will see him. I don't know whether that means you will be able to do that supernaturally, uh, where the Lord will make his presence known throughout the world and they will see it, or whether that's... And I kind of, you know, my hunch is that will be the case. Everybody points out, well, the technology is there today uh, between, you know, cell phones and, and satellite technology and, and whatnot. And, it may, and that may happen, but I... my. my my hunch, and it's just a hunch, I just think that the Lord will come in such a fashion that 
we won't even need technology. That every you just look up and you're going to see him right there. Um, he will be followed. Oh, I'm sorry. Heaven will open and Christ will appear on a white horse. We're going to cover that in a second. Um, Christ will be followed by the armies of heaven, Revelation, and he will come to judge the ungodly, Jude 14 and 15. Christ will come in power and in glory. Christ will stand on the Mount of Olives. The unbelievers will mourn because they are not ready. So there will be many who, you know, who unfortunately rejected Christ and they will realize that their time is up. It's too late. Once you see him, that's it. Game over. So either, you know, you're in or you're out at this point. Uh, the beast and his armies will confront Christ. Christ will cast the beast and the false prophet into the lake of fire. His rejectors will be killed. Satan will be cast into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. Uh, the Old Testament and tribulation saints will be resurrected at this time. And by tribulation saints, I mean people who died during the tribulation. And Christ will judge the nations and establish his kingdom. And we're going to cover that in much greater detail in, in the broadcast after this. So this gives you kind of a, a synopsis or a breakdown of the different events that will happen as Jesus appears uh, physically on the earth. So the defeat of Satan, the beast, and the false prophet, as we talked about, trying to give you a little bit of a, of a visual image as to what this is. So there are two places. Uh, one is called the Lake of Fire, which is the eternal destination of hell as most people know it. And then there is the abyss, uh, which is where Satan will be cast to for a thousand years. He's released for a very short period um, at the end of the millennium, at the end of the thousand-year reign. We'll cover that uh, probably in a second, two more broadcasts. We're winding this down. We're coming to the end, home stretch. Uh, but let me just read here Revelation nineteen nineteen through 21. Uh, then I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to wage war against the rider and the horse and his army. The rider and the horse is Jesus and his army is the church. The beast was captured, this is the, the Antichrist, with the false prophet who had performed the signs on its behalf. With these signs, he had deluded those who received the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. So he's being held accountable for the people that he's deceived. The two of them were thrown alive, thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. So it's picture if you can, you're, you're, you know, if you, you see somebody thrown into a, 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 a fire or burning in a house, this is what they have in store for them for all of eternity. Uh, the rest were killed with the sword coming out of the mouth of the rider on the horse and all the birds gorged themselves on their flesh. We alluded to that a little bit earlier. Uh, the birds will be eating the remnants and the leftovers uh, of, of the flesh of uh, basically the, the pickings of Armageddon. Uh, the thousand years that I talked about, it says in Revelation 21 through 3, And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss and holding in his hand a great chain. So the abyss is a location in the heart of the earth. We've covered a lot of this beforehand, but for those of you who don't know, it's, a, it's an area that's held or built or created by God for the fallen angels, for the angels who rebelled with Satan. And he sees the dragon, that's Satan, that ancient serpent who is the devil, and bound him for a thousand years. So you will see this. We'll, we'll cover this sh shortly. He threw them into the abyss, locked it and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years ends. After that, he must be set free for a short time. So there, we're, we're about to embark upon the thousand-year millennial reign 
that's what we're going to be covering in, in the broadcast afterwards. But I just this is all what happens in the Battle of Armageddon. You, they, 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 they've assembled. This is the end of the battle. Um, and, and Satan is captured. He's put into the abyss. The, uh, the false prophet and the Antichrist is thrown into the lake of fire or what you know, most people equate to, be, to being hell. Finally, I just wanted to leave you with one last image, one of my favorite paintings, uh, which is an artist's rendition of Jesus returning on his white horse, his robe dipped in red, which is the blood of the Lamb. I'm going to read from you Revelation 19, 11 through 16. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire. On his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that only he himself knows. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood. That is his own blood that comes from the mercy seat of the Father. And his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. You are coming with him white and clean because you have been cleansed righteously because of the blood. Coming out of it is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads on the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty on his robe and on his thigh. He has this name written on it, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So this this is this winds down uh, the ending of this, of, of Armageddon, the capture of, of Satan and his two cohorts, as well as the enemies of, of the Lord. And what we're going to be covering then afterwards is what happens, what is this millennial reign, what is this thousand-year reign about? Uh, because the Bible has plenty to say about it. A lot of people think they don't, you know, it's obscure and it's, I don't really know, but that's really not true. You're going to find out a lot about it. And so hopefully this, this may have helped you, I, I, at least that's my expectation, and, and understanding a little bit more about the different sections or categories of the book of Revelation. Uh, so if, if you like subjects like this, again, if you could hit the like or subscribe, it would be great. I, I appreciate your time here. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, I'm all ears, just email me, rusticoutlook at gmail.com. And let me close by saying that if you don't know the Lord and you're hearing this broadcast or you're watching this, take the time right now uh, because you don't know what tomorrow holds. And and if you don't believe me, you don't believe the word, you know, there's plenty of people you can look to, a local church. Um, but I would suggest you ask God because he will answer you. I guarantee you. Um, and so if you have a prayer request, please, any of that, email me, russicoutlook at gmail.com. Thanks again. I hope to see you. Uh, As we continue this, as we're winding this down, we're going to cover what these thousand years coming up look like and also what your role is. You know, people think that you're just going to float around, you know, in heaven and space and whatnot, and that's not the case. You have have work to do, and and we'll cover that in the millennial reign. So I, I hope to see you then. Thank you. I appreciate your time. God bless you. And remember, this is Mark Russick. You've been listening to The Russick Outlook. As always, just my opinion.